0: Hi everybody. I'm Mike Hancock, uh, the chairman and founder of the Circle of Excellence Group, and welcome to our Global Intelligence Update. And hi to those of you as well that are listening to the recording of this and aren't on the live call. This is one of these where I'm not going to be sharing any sort of um, powerpoints or anything like that, uh, but you are going to need a piece of paper as you go through because there's going to be some questions that you can answer, which are really going to help you decide this. So. We're gonna spend about 20 or 30 minutes going through some of the the background to this, and then we're gonna open it up for some questions and and throw this around as well between the group that we've got on the call. So if you're listening to the recording, stay tuned and uh, we will be with you in a minute. This is all about Entrepreneur X Factor. And I just wanna tell you a little bit of background. Back in February of 2012, um, I was sitting on my couch watching X Factor, the music show on TV. And I thought to myself, I wonder if there, anybody's ever thought of an Entrepreneur X Factor. So I quickly Googled it and I found out that there was no such thing. So then I thought, surely the dot com's not going to be available. So then I went to GoDaddy and for $19.95, um, I was able to secure the dot um, com for EntrepreneurXFactor.com, which we've had ever since. And then now that I had that, I thought, what am I going to do with this? Um, so, we in the first instance, we started a global competition, which literally started as traveling to as many countries as we could between April 2012 and July 2012. And we ran competitions to find the, the person with the most X factor in that country. And I think it was 13 or 14 countries that we did in that year. In 2013, it expanded to 26 countries around the world. Uh, It started in um, Brisbane and finished in Oslo in Norway over about a four-month period. And that went on for a while. And then we brought out the books, Entrepreneur X Factor. Version one came out in, I think, September 2015. And that became an international bestseller, which was lovely. And then um, also then we licensed the brand Entrepreneur X Factor out to different people as well. And now we have Young Entrepreneur X Factor, which has been running for the last couple of years and is currently running as a competition at the moment. Um, and I heard the last, uh, last applicant for that was an 11 year old from Brazil. So, uh, so that's great to, to have people from all over the world uh, connecting in there. But as we went on this entrepreneur X Factor journey, I really got thinking about what is it that creates X Factor in entrepreneurs? And we started studying all the winners All the people who had actually been in the various competitions, all the people that we knew around the world that had X Factor as well, we started looking at those people and we really came up with four pillars, if you like, that were the four pillars of X Factor. And, you know, when you think of X Factor, you might think, well, you know, people have either got it or not. Maybe it's like charisma, you know, they've either got it or they've not got it, you know. And... Lots of people who may not necessarily have been good people had charisma and Hitler had charisma. That's how he was able to attract a lot of people to his mission, but not necessarily a great mission, of course. X-Factor is not like that at all. It, it can, in fact, be quite planned. So it's not necessarily about, you know, how sexy you are or, or, you know, how good your copy is or the photos you've got on your website or the quality of your blueprint or anything like that. It really comes down to these four pillars. And I want to share these with you. And then we're going to do a little exercise as well after that. And then we're going to start to throw this around a little bit. So the first pillar is clarity. And, you know, the people who have the most X factor are the people who you see that are absolutely clear about their mission, that can really explain it very, very well that have got so used to explaining that when you listen to them, you're instantly attracted to that. Now, Mark, I just read what you wrote about clarity in in the emails that you sent through this morning, and it's getting there. There's no doubt about that. So now it's about finding a couple of better words, a couple of more engaging words, and putting that into one or two sentences that goes in this thing. But when somebody asks you that dreaded question, what do you do? That you're able to come out with absolute clarity but that clarity also creates an attraction factor and you know you see this all of the time in people some people just talk about start talking about what they do and you just go this is fantastic i just want to be part of this and yet other people have got a fantastic mission but we don't want to be part of it because we've got no clarity in what that is and i had a chat with somebody uh from australia this morning For those of you in South Africa, yes, this is my third meeting for this morning. Um, But the Australian I spoke to um, today, he has a phenomenal mission. It is incredible. But it took me so long to pry it out of him. I was nearly exhausted. Here's his his mission. Uh, It's to relieve hunger on the planet. And he can basically plant um, enough crops in three square meters with zero water and have them sustain a family. So he's got a technology that can do this. Uh, He can bring 17 tonnes of crops out of three square metres over a period of a year. So that's pretty fascinating technology. But, you know, I have to say, if I wasn't prepared to just keep asking questions and keep digging into what this was, I would have lost interest within two minutes um, for sure. And this is the problem that many of us have got. So for many of you listening to this, go back and review what you're saying to people what does your website say in the first instance um, I was having a chat with one of our clients yesterday and her website's great when I brought it up but I said it's not targeted at exactly what you want to do in August 2021 it's sort of your version may 2021 because things do change you know we're pivoting all of the time and and this particular lady's got a new, Um, product coming out and that new product she wants to attract things to, but her website's sending them in an opposite direction. So lack of clarity, lack of clarity creates confusion. Confusion equals no X factor. Let's look at the, the second thing now, which, and this is probably the biggest one for me. And this is something that can be taught, but for many of us, and you'll know people like this, hopefully you're not one of them, but if you are, that's cool. Um, then it's a, then it's a good learning for you. You'll know people like this. And it's probably one of the biggest things holding people back is that they're not present. Meaning they're constantly living in the future or the past. And even as I'm saying this now, um, they're not present to what's going on around them. They're maybe, you know, jotting some notes in their diary about a meeting coming up. They're not present to this because... You know, they're wondering what they're going to have for breakfast or dinner or depending on where you are in the world, etc. This concept of presence, I mean, presence, it's a present, right? But it's more than just having an awareness all of the time about what's going on with you. It's really listening to the subtle messages of the marketplace. It's listening to the subtle messages of the universe, of God, whatever you choose to believe in, it's up to you and allowing those messages to to come through to you and speak to you and you know i i can't tell you how many instances in my life i've seen and work with people who simply aren't present and the one that um i can remember very clearly goes right back 15 years ago when i had somebody in an event in new zealand and they were saying oh i'd love to join your mission and come on on, uh, with you guys and do what you're doing but I'm so focused on finding a distributor and a factory in Indonesia, I can't do that. And I literally said to him, that's cool. We know plenty of people in Indonesia and we know people who run factories. It'll be about two phone calls and I'm sure we can find you the right person. This person said, yes, yes. I'm so focused on that. I just can't think of anything else. So I just can't can't work with you guys. I just can't turn up. I said, no, no, you didn't hear me. Um, We actually have those contacts and we can solve your problem for you. And he said, well, I've got to go because today I'm, I'm really going to do some research online and look at that. And I sort of, he left and I sort of went, this is like the craziest situation. I said it twice, but he's so in his head, he didn't hear it. And, you know, this is, this is happening to all of us. And things like, you know, the COVID, the media, the bloody government, et cetera, et cetera, is all, you know, steering us off course. These are distractions, that are taking us away from presence. Um, I was literally just talking to um, somebody I know. He's not a client, a friend of mine. And uh, this guy has had the most extraordinary life. He really has. Um, if you've ever worn a t-shirt with Jimi Hendrix on the front of it or Led Zeppelin, he took the photo um, that is on those t-shirts. He's the number one rock photographer in the world. And uh, but that's not only what he's done. He's done an amazing amount of things with uh, communities from uh, the health community to communities on remote viewing to the UFO community, all the UFO documentaries that you're now seeing from ancient aliens, etc. on TV is all because of him and his connection. So pretty phenomenal guy. But when I was talking to him, I was telling him about um, the interruption of harmony in the world and Those of you that were at our recent uh, Cape Town event, I talked about this. So I won't go into it in so much detail here today. But, uh, you know, in 1936, the Nazis found a way to disrupt harmony in the world um, through music. And in 2020, whoever's behind it has found a way to disrupt harmony in the world through the COVID. And so now we're so focused, as Mary was saying before, on should we be inside this restaurant? Are we allowed to be outside? Hang on, we've we've had the vaccination, but can I go out and have a cigarette? Uh, or what do I do there? You know, we're so defocused by that that we're not listening to the conversations of the people we're networking with. We're not seeing the signs that are in front of us. When we're missing the next biggest thing that's coming our way, we're so focused on micromanaging our business that we can't see that the macro has changed. These are the things that, an upset in our equilibrium um, does for presence. So, presence is signs and symbols. Presence is um, being aware of your environment. Presence is taking that time out every single day to take that bird's eye view of what you're doing and why you're doing it, and not just literally sitting in your business churning through numbers or emails or goodness help us, you know, social media. So, what is the single best way to get present? And this is very, very easy. It's the most easy exercise to get present. All you do is you take a deep breath in, hold it for three or four seconds, let it out slowly, do that three times and you will come back into presence. You will become more aware of your surroundings. So if you can just learn to during your day, for instance, at the end of this Zoom call or even during it, because I don't mind, To just sit there and before you go on, before you run on to the next thing, whether it's having a cup of tea, going to the toilet or your next meeting, to literally go, okay, I'm just going to let what Mike said sit with me. I'm just going to breathe in now, take a breath in, let it out, do that a few times until you feel a bit more centered and grounded. And of course, it's always better if you've got bare feet on earth to do this as well. So, you know, walking the dog, going for a walk in the park, getting outside, getting some sunshine if you're in a part of the world where sun is happening at the moment is all going to help you very, very much on this. So getting present is number two. So number one is clarity in our message. Number two is being present. Now, number three is a focus, and we're talking about the attributes, the four pillars of X Factor here. Number three is a focus on having the right questions, not having the answers. So many of you are experts in your own, world and experts in what you do. So, you know, Diane there, you're an expert. Paula, you're an expert. You know, Cheryl, you're an expert. There's no doubt that you're all experts in what you do. But having an expert tease always makes you sort of feel that you have to have the answers for something. It's not true at all. You know, um, if I had the time or a, a flip chart behind me, I'd probably show you the the five questions in the I Ching. But for those of you that have been around our environment long enough, you know this bit of intellectual property from us. But, you know, we were taught through our education system to ask the how question. How can this work? How can I make more money? How can I get a better job? How can I get a better house? How can I improve my lot in life? How, 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 how? I always say to people, no more hows unless you're an American Indian, right? Whereas you want to go into the why question. Why would I want to spend the next hour prospecting? Why would I want to write five blogs for social media? And then what specifically can I do that can get me from A to Z very, very quickly? When you realize that you don't need the answers and you never need to understand how, because who always knows how? That's the beautiful thing about the model if if we were to look at it. Who always knows how? So for instance, many of you are relying on us for business advice. That's cool. We know exactly how so just come to us and ask us and we'll tell you you don't need to work it out we're here for you so who always knows the how so instead of getting bogged down and trying to be the expert in everything you know great people surround themselves with people more intelligent than they are if you look at you know richard branson for instance or elon musk i mean elon musk doesn't know how to put a spaceship in in, into orbit he didn't know how to design a, a monetary system called paypal he, he's certainly not an engineer and can't build a car. So, you know, great people put even better people around them. So you don't have to have the answers to any questions. And this is a misnomer that we've been taught and has been imprinted on us. The difference is we have to know the questions to ask. When, when Barack Obama became president in his last speech before the voting went through, he, he, this was part of his speech, he said, Um, America needs a lot of answers, and I'm going to be the one asking the questions. He never said he had the answers, but people bought into that, right? Because he said he was the one who was going to ask those questions. Whether he did or didn't, only history will tell, but the questions are most important. So if you're thinking about it, that's why for those of you that we work with very closely one-to-one in Circle of Excellence, that's why when you go into sales with us, we work on 10 questions, the 10 questions you should ask when you're in in a sales meeting. And, you know, Elmo, we've just been through that again with you and just fine-tuned that a little bit in terms of your pitch. And it's so much better because you're just asking better quality questions. And, you know, words are our swords and words are spelt. So we put spells on people with our words. So when you ask a question... Be very, very careful of the words that you use. So you have to really refine your questions. So I'll give you an example. You might say to somebody, so what do you want from me? And they'll say, well, I'm really looking for my profit to increase 20% or my personal branding to do this or this problem to go away. Okay. So what do you really, really want? And I'll say, actually, what I want is, I want this to be simple. Um, I don't wanna take too much time doing this out of my own schedule. And I want it to get the result that I said before. Okay. When you wake up in the morning, how do you wanna feel about the work that we've been doing together? Oh, I don't wanna even think about it. I just want it to to happen behind me. See, See how you're getting three different types of answers from the quality of your questions, yet most people We'll only go to a level one question. And I remember I I spoke about this uh, maybe last week on this call or the week before. And, uh, you know, Lundy and I had a meeting with a major bank and um, we asked them the question, so if you want us to do work for you with your clients, tell us exactly what your clients expect from you. They gave us a roundabout answer. And then they wanted to move on to, you know, tell us how you, you know, what you guys will do. And I said, I just went, I'm not telling you anything because you actually haven't answered my question. So I'm gonna go back and ask you the question again. Tell us what your clients actually expect from you. Then I got more kerfuffle from them. And then I said, look, I really don't think we can move forward in any way because this is just setting you up for failure, us up for failure and unhappy clients. And here's the thing, you're going to need to go and do some research on your clients because you actually don't know the answer to my question. And until you do, then this is just going to be a waste of everybody's time. Now you've got to be bold to say those things, but you know the reality is, and if you ask quality questions and don't let people off the answers, you're going to have so much more character. People are going to see you as having much more X factor. People are going to want to work with you more. And strangely, you know, at the end of this call, this bank said to us, we don't care what happens, we have to find a way to work with you guys. Like, I'm not asking that, they're telling us that. So so that comes down to the quality of questions that you ask and and the quality of questions coupled with presence and clarity, particularly when you're answering those questions, is going to create X factor. Because if you answer questions by going, oh, well, I guess we could do this or we could perhaps do that. Then there's no real um, clarity in that. Then the fourth area here is really what I call unique ability. Now, a guy called... Um, hmm, what was his name? It's just escaped me as I'm talking here. Dan Sullivan. A guy called Dan Sullivan wrote a book for the financial services industry in the 1990s called The 21st Century Agent. I read that book. And uh, in there, he briefly mentions the words uh, unique ability, which I loved. Strangely enough, he's now trademarked that because he thinks it's his big thing. But it really is true. Unique ability is something that each and every one of us have that stands us out from other people. We have a unique ability. And the problem is that most of us don't actually know what that unique ability is for us. So we're not really sure what makes us unique. So it can be all sorts of things. It can be a Quebecian Frenchman in Melbourne could make you unique, Philippe, right? It could be um, a retired business guru coming back and helping young businesses, Diane, right? It could be that sort of thing. Ian, it could be Morpheus, right? So um, it could be your relationship with Morpheus that uh, makes you unique. But actually, most of us have got many things that make us unique. And so you've just got to start making a list of them. So why don't you write down three things that that make you unique? So I'll give you three of mine. Um, I can play the guitar very well. Um, I... I'm a student of ancient wisdom and the sacred scriptures. And Lundy will tell you I'm a pretty good cook. So, you know, those are three things that I can utilize. Now I want to share with you how you can utilize some of these things. And I'm going to take the one you guys probably don't know is that the cooking thing. Right back when I was in corporate 20 years ago, actually, I got out of corporate 20 years ago next month. So for so, 20 years, made it. but. Um, but back when I was in my last year in corporate, uh, with our number one sort of uh, clients that we had, um, I went to one of their houses and cooked for 10 of them and their wives. And they all came around to this one person, this wonderful house, and you know I, I did the, the spread in the kitchen and cooked for all of them. In 2016, which is 16 years later, Lundy and I bumped into one of those guys and his wife in a place called Seti in the South of France. We were having dinner and they walked past. He recognized me, I recognized him. And he said, I'll never forget that meal you cooked for me. He said, we were raving about it for weeks. Now, I'm not telling you that because I'm the greatest cook on earth. I'm telling you that because I was able to use one of my unique abilities to make a lasting impression, which creates X factor, you know? And strangely enough, out of those clients now, There are three of them I'm still very, very well connected with um, today. So you have things. So if you haven't written down your top three and they could be things, they could be skills that you have in business for sure. But I'm really interested in something a little bit more personal for you, something you may not talk about that often because I think that will really help you. Now we're gonna jump into some questions because now we've got sort of four pillars of X Factor. I want to sort of build this in um, in one model, sort of up, and that model is going to be really based on passion and competences. So let's have a look at uh, let's have a look at some questions. So I'm just going to ask you the questions. I've got them written down. So excuse me for referring to my journal here because I just didn't. I could put them on the screen, but I would just rather ask you. So um, question number one I want to ask you is, what are you watching most? if I go to your YouTube history? So any videos that you're watching online, what are you watching most if I go to your YouTube history? Now I'll share a little secret here. I watch uh, rock concerts, guitar player, right? And uh, fighter pilots. I'm addicted to fighter pilots and their stories. And I've read so many books on them. So what are you watching on YouTube At the moment, and you know, any other sort of thing. And if you're not watching YouTube, maybe you're watching Netflix and you're watching certain types of shows. You know, maybe you're a Game of Thrones fan, but why is that? You know, so start to get that down. Then, my next question What did you want to be when you grew up when you were under 10 years old? (laughs) I see Philippe likes that question. So what did did you want to be when you grow up? Now, you may not be able to remember this, but you may be able to remember it. So what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a musician or an architect. That's funny. I had my opportunity to be an architect because, you know, I used to own a building company, so I've designed 100 houses. Um, there's even some in Wellington, Moira, not far from you, that uh, people are living in that I designed. So I had that opportunity. So what did you want to be when you were under 10 years old? And if you can remember that question, a pathologist, Jose, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. And so what I'd encourage you to do, uh, American politics, Mary, if that's seriously, let's have a look at that. And fasting to, oh, singer. Okay, good. A lawyer, Diane. Actually, you'd make a great lawyer. A forensic sciences, Angela, well, you did that sort of. Um, A green keeper, Malcolm. That's awesome. A great Shakespearean actress, Shazza. That's wonderful. A psychologist or social worker. Fantastic. Well, you sort of do that, Paula. There's no doubt about that. Um, So what I want you to look for here is what's the essence in these things that you're taking into this? So if you take my concept of I want to be an architect, um, you know, that's really designing and it's really building things. And for the moment, you know, I'm building businesses and I'm helping you build your businesses. So that's really my architectural side done. And, you know, my rock star side is being a being a speaker and a writer. So, I mean, that's really where where I get that from. So where I alleviate that um, that desire that's been in with me from a child. So look at these things. Okay, so um, my next question for you is, if you had to retire at the end of 2021, and you had to retire, not because you're ill or anything like that, but you just had to retire. And between now and the end of 2021, you could do anything you wanted to, you had to make money out of it. So it had to be something that gave you money. So I wouldn't say, you know, looking at the flowers, unless you can make money out of that. But um, you have to make money out of it. What would you choose to do with those four or five months? Write down your answer to that one. Okay. So what you've got now, perhaps, between the... What are you watching most on YouTube? What did you want to be when you grew up? And... Um, you know, if you only had a few months left to work, what would you spend your time doing to make an income? You might have the beginnings or maybe a very, very clear um, part of your real passion, your true passions. Angela says to show people how to live in balance with nature. It's phenomenal. And I think you you love that. Writing in various forms. Great, Shezada. that's That's phenomenal. And you're such a good writer too. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the Shazar book coming out. Um, Robert, hire, train, and set up high-performing sales teams. Great, fantastic, cheeky, but great. <laughs> so fantastic there. And I think you'll have a you'll have a a, a friend on the call there in Mark. Um, I'm working on it. Shazar says, okay. So if you don't have that, and you ever want to talk about that with Lundy and I, and you're in Circle of Excellence, feel free to. Um, and otherwise you know, definitely just do some research and dig into this further because these are sort of the things you never should deny your passions. If you start denying your passions, you know, one of the reasons I sort of really got sick of corporate in the end is because I never felt that I could be myself. You know, I didn't like wearing suits. Actually, I had the whole company change to casual clothes. 4,000 people changed to casual clothes. In the end, I I championed that one with the CEO for long enough. But, you know, the fact that I was a musician on the side and all of that sort of stuff and had albums coming out, you know, I always hid that from them. But so much so, you know, these days, um, bringing your passions out to people actually helps you bridge barriers. But I never realized it back then. Um, Malcolm says help people grow great businesses. So that's that's fantastic and, and good for you. That's excellent. So now I've got a couple more questions for you. And uh, let me ask you these questions. What have you always been known for? So if you look back in across your history, what have you always, be, always been known for? Maybe it's one or two words. Maybe it's three or four. What have you always been known for? Just jot that down. Maybe it's what you do, maybe it's your you know, marketing business, maybe it's your clever mind, maybe it's your creative thinking, maybe it's your love of animals, I don't know. Um, and if I, here's my next question, going outside the usual boundaries, that would be true for you Shazar, for sure. Getting results, Angela, very good. Um, next question is, if I went and spoke to the five people who know you best, what would they say that you did better than almost anybody else they'd ever met? So if I went to the five people who were closest to you and asked them, what do you do better than almost anybody else they've ever met, what would they say? I'm glad you like that question, Malcolm. Okay, still writing some notes. That's good. So let me go to the third question. The third question is, what have you got real expertise in that doesn't matter how much you try and sort of not worry about it or walk away from it? It keeps coming back and putting itself in front of you. So what is that? Cooking, Shazar, great. Again, Malcolm. Yeah, we may need some coaching on this for sure. Seeing into people's soul—that's fantastic, Mary. Mike, won't you repeat that question? I was still writing the answer to the last one. Sure, Ian. Um, what have you? What? Are, what keeps coming back to you, and sitting itself right in front of you, all the time, even though you may have tried to ignore it. So maybe you tried to ignore being a trainer, but it keeps sticking itself in your face. Maybe you've tried to ignore um, being a coach. Maybe you've tried to ignore um, counselling your friends or getting involved in people's relationships or something like that. You'll know. Mary says nursing and medicine. Seeing people's essence. Talk, cook, knowledge, enthusiasm, and a doer. Leadership roles. There you go, Diane. Leadership roles of BNI, Chamber of Commerce. Helping people with their health. Definitely. Well, that's, that was part of your life for so many years, Shazza. Robert, analyzing sales activity data, right? Guiding sales execs on what to focus on to get better results. So what we've got here between these last three questions, the five people who know you best, um, what have you always been known for and what, Are you finding it hard to turn your back on? Keeps sitting up in front of you. This is really your competences. This is really what the world's saying. Hey, Elmo. Hey, Robert. Hey, Mark. You're good at these, right? You're good at these things. Ian's got down here, helping leaders lead from their truest self. So the combination of X factor at the highest level, if you look at the point on the pyramid, is really where your True passions and your competences meet. So if you looked at these questions overall, and tipped into this as a little bit of your unique abilities, but I'll show you how to use those in a minute, is, um, is if you're looking at this and saying, well, you know, I didn't I didn't realize how passionate I am about helping people, for instance. And I didn't realize my real competence is in, you know, what Diane said, leading, you know, committees. So therefore, bringing those two together, providing you enjoy your competence, um, bringing those two together can really actually forward your business magnificently. It will just give you X factor. And then if you tip into that, Diane, some of your unique abilities, whether it's cooking, gardening, you know, playing golf, whatever floats your boat, you know, whatever it is, um, for all of you. And if you start utilizing that net, you're going to stand out. You're really going to stand out. And X Factor is actually all about standing out. And let's face it, folks, the marketplace is very crowded with white noise. There's a whole lot of you know, people screaming at us on Instagram and Facebook and telling us how good they are, et cetera, et cetera. So how do we differentiate? How do we get heard in this marketplace? How do we stand out in this marketplace? The answer lies in embracing your own personal X factor. The answer lies in having real clarity in your message. The answer lies in being very present to what's going on around you and what's happening in your world at the marketplace right at the moment, every day. The answer lies in drafting really good quality questions that are going to open people's minds and get them thinking, you know, wow, this is really smart. Um, The answer lies in you know utilizing some of your unique abilities but that can skyrocket if you start bringing your passions and your competences together i just have one final comment on um, on the questions side of things and uh, and then we we'll, we'll, we'll go to questions i think is that uh, some of you on the call know my my ex-business partner dave and you know when i met dave in 2004 um That was in a course in Auckland, and he was visiting. It was his first time to New Zealand from Singapore, where he lived. And uh, he had about 80 people in his course over two days. And at the end of the course, he he said to me, we need to go for lunch. I said, why is that? He said, because you're the smartest person in the room. I went, what? I didn't say anything. He said, no, but you asked the best questions in the room that allowed everybody to get higher learnings. And he goes, everybody talks about you in the room. And I go, oh, and I learned something. It's not patting me on the back, but I learned something then is that the smart people aren't the know-it-alls. The smart people are the ones that open doors so that other people can find their own truths. And so that's that's where quality questions really come in here. And whether you're um, selling them digital marketing, whether you're improving their sales or whether you're coaching them, it really comes down to the quality of those questions. So there's a framework for you. The four... Um, The four pillars, clarity, presence, questions, and unique ability, and sort of the top end of this, which is where your passion and competence meet. Let's go to any questions now. Just raise a hand and unmute yourself, and I can see all of you, so it's fine. And now we have what's called on recordings dead air while everybody thinks about whether they actually have a question or not. Let me ask you a question. Ian, I saw your hand, so I'll ask this question, then I'll come to you. Did you find this useful to rethink through this and look at this from a different perspective? Got quite a lot of nods there, so that's good. Great, because I think this is something that you can definitely, you need to sort of do this once every six months or so because things change. And, you know, most of us are morphing and adapting our businesses somewhat. Ian, your question. Yeah, it's around the clarity because I think uh, there's, it's one thing to kind of, I loved what you differentiated between mission and clarity. And I think that uh, for me, I sometimes I'm very, I've got this deep sense of mission, but uh, don't always know exactly how to word it. Do you have kind of a a way of getting to that sort of final wording? Um, That's a very, very good question, by the way. Well done, go to the top of the class. you know, I think if I just go back a little bit and then come back to your question, you know, people talk, talk about mission, vision, and values, okay? They're, they're sort of in the wrong order. It should be vision, mission, and values, but it doesn't quite roll off the tongue right. So um, the vision is that we're going to win the war. The mission is that we're going to run up that hill and take that hill from, you know, the enemy. That's the mission. The values are that we're not going to kill any women and children on the way, right? So, so that's sort of how it is. Paul, I see your hand up. Thanks. Um, so that first comes the, the, the overall vision. Then comes the mission. And the mission for you might be to get 100 people into your program in the next 12 months in, or it might be to change 17 people's lives or something like that. That can be a mission. Well, when you, when you break that down into clarity, if, if, you, if you imagine that you know I'm your commanding officer and I say, Ian, run up that hill and take that hill from the whoever's, you know, the insurgents. And then when you've done that, that's gonna help us with our overall vision because you would have got the mission. You're gonna go, how the hell am I gonna do this? You're gonna be so confused because, but if I say to you, Ian, what I want you to do is take 10 people go up that gully to the left, take out that installation there, then push forward and do that. Now you have clarity, right? So the idea is not to have clarity that's this long, but clarity may not also be this long. It can be a statement longer than that. So this is an iteration. The iteration process of getting there um, is really um, writing this out a few times, trimming words out of it, and looking at your theosaurus. For better words, until you have something that is motivational and impactful, and people can actually understand. Okay, so there's no shortcut on that. Let's go to Paul and.
1: So, Mike, I just wanted to know where does purpose fit in then between vision, mission, and and values, or yeah.
0: Our purpose is the thing that sits right at the apex. So um, passion and purpose sit very, very together. So if you don't know what your purpose is, it's not a purpose isn't about creating X factor. X factor is the thing that comes after you have purpose. So for instance, if, uh, you know, if I look at my purpose, it's to really to help people um, live a life where they really experience more of their own prosperity, more of their own freedom, and more of their own purpose. So in other words, not to be so enclosed. But that's not my X factor at all. Um, You know, my X factor is my ability to speak, my ability to write, my ability to create businesses, if you like, and my ability to be a little bit nuts and off the wall in doing that, okay? So, um, and not be mainstream. And you know how much we fight mainstream and all of that sort of stuff in terms of, you know, four years to get a university degree. Whereas I'm sure if I designed the degree, we could do it in three months, for business at least. So, um, so I think purpose is really a, a bigger question, but it's a great question. Ben, you have a question.
1: Yeah, I have a question. Um, so, uh, Mike, what 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 people. How do I put it? Sorry, guys, I'm not feeling well, but I'm trying to put this together. No, Ben's, Ben's um, got
0: COVID at the moment, for, and he's uh, based in Ghana, and uh, he's coming good, but slowly, slowly.
1: Yeah, what people know you for, if what people know you for is different from what uh, keeps get coming back to you, or what do you do? In other words, for my case, I have people always coming to me for, let's say, if you're looking for a job or I want you to review their CVs. Uh, people refer them to me, or they know me for that. But then, what I what keeps on coming back to me in my own personal space and quietness is absolutely different from what the market is asking for. What do you What do you do?
0: the The idea here, the reason why that question exists, it's to to see if there's something in there, in what people are asking you, that you might be able to bring into your business, etc. Now the CV thing, I'm not saying it could be a door opener for you in your business, but um, it could be a product there that you could have. It could be an online product if people are constantly asking you for it or something like that. And you know, often it's to do with often it's to do with people see you in a certain way. So if you look at the the metaphysics behind this, Ben, let me give you an example. Um, If people are coming to you and saying help me with my cv then what they're saying is you're very well versed in business you've always got the jobs and everything that you want and you're a leader and i'm following you that's actually it in a nutshell so therefore you may not realize how much people are seeing you as a leader you may not realize how much people are actually following you and you know because we're always blown away by by who follows us Um, once we find out who's following us, which is really always very interesting. And there are certain social media apps that can tell you that. So I think it's more to guide you. And then, you know, if you can do something with that and you want to, then that's a really good thing to bring in to your business. And if you don't wanna do something with it, then don't bring it in. I think that's, that's, I'm not telling you to bring all these things in, far from it. I'm telling you to explore them so you have a better sense of self. And it's interesting when we talk clarity. Lundy, I don't know if any of you have ever heard this, but Lundy often talks about out of all of the masterminds that we've done, which is well over 150 now, um out of all of these masterminds that we've done, there's one person that she remembers. And it's interesting, Ben, because this guy is based in a small town called Fraboe, just outside of Cape Town. And when he came to our mastermind, he said, hi, my name's Kurt, I build people's CVs and get them jobs. And out of everybody we've heard tell us what they do around the world, over 150 masterminds, her and I both remember that guy very clearly, because very clear what he does. That's a very clear value proposition. I build CVs and I get people jobs. Whereas even, you know, recruiters, we've had plenty of recruiters over the years, and they're sort of like, oh, well, I sort of specialize in this and I go to that and, you know, my formula is this and it's already too confusing. You know, just just tell us what you do. Part of X Factor is just getting to the point. So, good question. Any other questions? I'll take that as a no from the group. So, next week we have um, Liv Conlon on the call. Now, some of you have not met Liv, but uh, she's a very exciting lady. She's a based in spain um she just bought her first spanish villa with the proceeds of her most recent campaign uh she is 21 she was entrepreneur of the year in the uk last year um a, a young entrepreneur of the uk she has a million pound business and uh literally we've just been working on it with her on a campaign and i think it's now turned over two hundred thousand pounds in a month so uh she's uh, she's got some cool stuff to to share with you guys i've got one other question from malcolm so fire away, Malcolm, and then we'll bring it to a close. Just remember to unmute. Again, Mike, just quickly, I'm sorry to come in a bit late. Um, oh, no, good. This, this, this process of getting clarity, um, I've struggled with it for a long time. Do you have a work paper, or is this something that needs to be guided by somebody who just asks the right questions? I always find, you can do a work paper, but I always find that it's, it's better to have somebody guide you and ask the right questions. Um, but the, the clarity thing really for most people, you know, we've done a lot of it today. I've asked a lot of the questions that are designed to get you thinking about what you really want. Now, it may be entirely different than what you do. So, this is a, you know, and I can't tell you, Malcolm, how many CEOs I've talked to in my life that don't want to have anything to do with what they're doing, but they've found themselves in this spot and now they can't leave because it pays their mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I would think to, If you can bring down the first and probably best question that I could ask you to get you started on clarity is if you could only do three things each day for the rest of your life, what would those three things be? That's a question, Malcolm, that uh, that Landy asked me about three years ago, and we ask a lot of people that question. Uh, My answer was, I want to speak, I want to write, and I want to create. So any day I'm either speaking, writing, or creating is a good day. So if I'm not sitting there doing that, it's not a good day. So, you know, I'm lucky in that every day I work, I get to do that. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because that doesn't include coaching. Coaching's part of my business, but, you know, I don't really consider myself to be a red-hot coach. I'm much more of a strategist. And those of you who've been around for a while know Mike doesn't ask you coaching questions. He tells you what to do, right? So, um, so that's not really coaching, I see you laughing there, Diane and Angela, but, but, um, you know, so whereas for you, if you want to, whatever those three words are, I want you to look at how are you doing them? If you're not doing them, why not? Um, how you can involve them more, how you can then formulate them into your brand, how you can formulate them into your offering, etc. You have your hand up again, or is it still the same one? sorry, Mike, same one. Yeah, thank you for that. No problem. Okay, folks, it's lovely to see you all here on the call today. We'll see you uh, next week. And uh, in the meantime, I'll be talking to a number of you. Have a wonderful day and stay healthy. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike.